Hi, I'm Mark Brody, and this is the Friday Newscap Podcast. Each week, we review the biggest stories with experts, reporters, and commentators to put the news in perspective. Here's this week's episode. I certainly want to acknowledge the horrific nature of the crimes. It made this a very difficult decision. This was not easy for me to do. In terms of the racial composition of death row, what you have to look at are each, as I do when I'm looking at a case, I'm looking at each individual case. I'm looking at the facts of those, I'm looking at the mitigation, I'm looking at the aggravation to make sure that that case warrants the ultimate punishment. I'm sorry that politicians have let you down, but I'm going to change it. I'm Ruben Gallego. I'm running to be the senator of Arizona. Because you deserve somebody fighting for you and fighting with you every day to make sure you have the same chance at Sueño Americano. There's a lot of questions about what National Democrats are going to do. And now that he's officially declared, it starts to shine a spotlight on uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Especially when you go to a street corner, a busy street corner, and it's just covered in signs. And um, it just creates a, a, a ton of safety issues, creates a ton of trash. And people that have the most signs don't win. And joining me to talk about the first official entrant into next year's U.S. Senate race in Arizona, the governor and AG pausing executions in the state and more, are Chuck Coughlin of High Ground. Good morning, Chuck. Morning. And making his debut on the Friday News Camp, former state lawmaker and gubernatorial candidate Aaron Lieberman. Aaron, welcome. Thank you. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> Thank you for getting that in there. <laughs> Appreciate that radio reference there. So, uh, Chuck. Was this the worst kept secret in Arizona politics that Ruben Gallego was going to run for Senate? <laughs> That's a very good thing to to say because I think everybody anticipated, you know, we, we all in the business understand the amount of uh, love between Mr. Gallego and Mr. You're Cinema. using, you didn't use yeah, air quotes, but I, you're vocally quotes, using yeah, air quotes. But, but, so, yeah. so um, it was, it was something I think that was inevitable once she pulled the pulled the trigger on leaving the party. So, Aaron, what obviously we have no idea if Senator Sinema is going to run. We don't know who the Republican nominee is going to be. But a potential three-way U.S. Senate race sounds pretty wild. It's going to be wild to see. I mean, uh, Senator Sinema's numbers with Democratic primary voters were uh, beyond horrible. I mean, we're talking 85, 90 percent negative approval rating. So I think even if she tried to run as a Democrat, I don't know how she could have, um, that, that Ruben or somebody would have gotten in that race. But it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. If it's Carrie Lake on the other side, it'll be really interesting. If it's a Doug Ducey or somebody like that, it might just end up uh, really paving the way for a more moderate Republican. It, everyone wonders, can is that the type of person who can actually win a primary? Well, in the Republican because Party. the Republicans have, have demonstrated such a capacity to nominate <laughs> yeah. those types of people. I, it, I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, the odds, I don't think it'll be Lake um, just because I think she has hemorrhaged any type of support hmm. post-election. I mean, her behavior is just beyond bizarre. And I think even within the GOP, it's sort of a we're they're entering this uh, post-Trump era. That we're still trying to figure Maybe. out. Maybe we'll, we'll see right. tomorrow. We're right, we got a GOP convention tomorrow, but it's and then you're not going to clean that out in two years. It's just going to take some time. But the you know I I think Cinema is definitely going to run, based upon my air quote comment earlier, <laughs> because she I mean the the amount of animosity between the two of them, and as we all know, hate is a strong motivator, and. Uh, 
my instinct is she's not going to hand it over. She's going to – she can run a campaign. Uh, we've done the numbers. Paul uh, Vence with my office done the numbers. It looks like, you know, you get 20 to 25 percent of Democratic candidates, which I admit, yeah. Aaron's mm. point, that's a bit of a stretch. But you could get 25 to 30 percent of Republicans if they throw a MAGA candidate out there. That's what happened mm -hmm. in this last cycle, largely what happened. And then you got to go get that mythical – 60% of that unaffiliated voter crowd, and you have to have a message. She's going to have to have a campaign that is up during the primary and holds the narrative of the race from the beginning. Um, it's going to be about her, so she's got to narrate that. And it, it'll be fascinating to watch. I'm totally stoked as a <laughs> political observer to watch how this thing Chuck breaks Scott down. Chuck's got his popcorn ready to go. Oh, absolutely. Aaron, how do you think Gallego, Congressman Gallego, should be framing himself, I guess? Because he's very well known in political circles and in his district. I imagine that he's pretty well known. But statewide, would he? should he be trying to uh, talk up his his progressive record, which is more liberal than Senator Sinema. Should he, should he be talking up his military background, which he mentioned in the uh, in the alley? How should he be trying to introduce himself to Arizona voters, do you think? Yeah. Look, this is the great challenge of running in a Democratic primary and then trying to win a statewide race. And you, you win by getting the voters in the middle. I mean, everybody knows that. We saw that again and again. I'd lean into his military background. It's incredible. He deserves unbelievable credit. You know, his unit lost more soldiers than just about anybody else in that in that war. And I don't think a lot of people know that about him. You know what I mean? I don't think that naturally comes off. And I think that puts him in a very, very different category. Um, the reality is um, there is so much dislike for Senator Sinema in a Democrat among Democratic primary voters. That case is made. I, I think uh, Ruben got very lucky that, that Stanton didn't get in the race. That would have been a real battle mm -hmm. between the two of them and would have pushed people in different directions. I think he can just say, I'm the person who's going to win this thing. And, you know, I'm going to do it based on my record of service, which is attractive to independents and that mm -hmm. slice of reasonable Republicans, and then start just talking about the things that folks in the middle care about. It, it looks like that's the privilege he's going to have. If he doesn't have a contested primary where they got a jostle, mm -hmm. and he's clearly going to win it easily. He should be running, in my opinion, from day one as, you know, right down the middle of I can bring everybody together and do this. Yeah, he, he's, uh, you heard it in that announcement, yeah. that little sound clip. He's going to run as the working man. Mm -hmm. He's going to run as the, your friend, the blue collar advocate for the little guy um, with the, as the acknowledge, the, the background of service, his life story, yep. you know, coming up with the single mom, um, going to Harvard, you know, self-made man story. Um, and that's going to be the narrative. The, the, but as Aaron said, his his record and he's not well known. Yeah. I mean, let's think he's he's from this very low turnout Democratic district at Pastor's quote unquote old right. district. And he's not very he's not well known throughout the state. So he has an opportunity to narrate this broad um, public service narrative and little guy and blue collar guy. And I think he's going to do that. Uh, and he's going to intersperse and spice in that that she's not that. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, Aaron, to, to the point that both of you are making. It doesn't seem as though it's going to be a super competitive primary for no. for Ruben Gallego. I mean, Greg Stanton was sort sort of the other candidate yeah. that people were talking about. He may not have any primary challenge, yeah. which 
to your the point again that you're both making, it kind of allows him to maybe move to the middle a little bit with a nod to maybe his voting record. Yeah, he, he look he has an incredible story to Chuck's point, you know, and getting mm-hmm. himself to Harvard the, the whole story. Uh, that's really motivating to people, I think, on all sides. As someone who kind of came out of nowhere and did this, I think he wants to talk about that as much as possible, and maybe you know. But shy away from some of the stuff that's going to be more divisive. Um, but the reality is that's going to be the opportunity he has, and that's what he's going to have to do if he'll be able to come out of that and win the general. But she's going to she's going to talk about getting stuff done. Yeah, she's going to talk about looking at Joe Biden and say, "This is Joe Biden's record. That's my record." Yeah, you know, that's the the Recovery Act. That's the gay marriage. That's Infrastructure. Um, the infrastructure bill, that's the gun bill. K- killing carried I mean, interest for the highest net worth, you know, I mean, venture she, capitalists, she, among others. Hey, <laughs> well, and that's what he'll say. Yeah. But she, she's going to talk about, do you want to get things done in Washington? Do you want to make difference? I want to do that with President Look, Biden. She, she personally almost put a stake in the heart of Build Back Better, killing preschool for almost every kid in America. I mean, there's a whole set of things on the other side of the ledger for her. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, again, he's, it, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. And all those programs you're talking about are so popular yeah. with the general electorate. <laughs> popular with working moms, by the way. Preschool is very popular. So, Chuck, you talked about popping some popcorn for the, the yeah. Senate race. Another race that could be super interesting, maybe popcorn worthy, is the race in Congressman Gallego's district. We've heard, yeah. I don't know, maybe 700 names already so far being <laughs> yeah. floated as potential candidates. I love asking non-Democrats to weigh in on internal Democratic politics here. So, like, how do you, how do you kind of see that shake yeah, out? My office is down there. That's, you know, that's I can, right. I can equate. That's right. <clears throat> so I think everybody thinks <clears throat> Laura Pastor will run. City council member. City councilman, city of Phoenix. Um, dads, you know, aspirationally, it's her dad's uh, former district. Raquel Turan, who's the uh, Democratic Party chairman, state senator, state as well. senator, uh, former state senator, and state senator now. Um, Catherine Miranda's talked about it. I mean, you got a you got a very healthy list of accomplished people that could represent the district well. And it's not, you know, that's going to be over after the primary. So right. you win the primary, that's over. And so it'll be uh, it, again. That's I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a fundraising contest. So who who's going to see and raise the most money? So you can get your signs up and get everything out there. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's going to be a, a tough race, uh, and it's not a giant voting population. It, it's you got to work to get your vote out down there. Aaron, this is one of those seats, and Ed Pastor proved this, that you get elected in this district, you can basically stay there as long as you want. Yeah. Right? This could be your life's job. So I would imagine if you're a Democrat in that district, this is super appealing to you. For, for sure. I, I think I'd add Reginald Bolding to the list of people mm-hmm. who might be thinking about I getting in there. I think he said there. that he is looking at yeah, it. Yeah, and, and he, you know, he, having run statewide, got a lot of money in, in uh, independent expenditure support. It would be interesting to see. Uh, I think People have talked about potentially Cesar Chavez, the, yep. the former state representative, also getting in there. So it, it'll be really interesting to see. It's 100 percent about the primary and it's a low turnout primary. I mean, you just don't get that many folks out to, to vote in that district historically. So um, it'll be interesting to see who can kind of build the biggest coalition. You've got some really capable people there. Uh, Raquel has been working it for a long time in terms of did a great job as party chair and look who, who we've got elected now. And, um, and uh, you know. Councilwoman Pastor has is, is in her own right has been on the city council for a long time, really helping people in that district. Yeah, so. who can deliver endorsements, high quality endorsements, and raise money? So, since the Super Bowl is coming up here, I'll ask a, a betting question: if we, if we were to set the over under on the number of <laughs> Democratic candidates in this primary, where would you guys each place it? 
Uh, I'll go five. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I might take the under on that, but it's going to be close. He's, he, he's been in this business a long time. All right. <laughs> My guest this week, former lawmaker and gubernatorial candidate Aaron Lieberman and Chuck Coughlin of High Ground. Aaron, uh, late last week, uh, we saw that uh, Attorney General Chris Mays withdrew the uh, warrant for execution for the person, the uh, Mr. Gunches, who uh, is on death row. Uh, Governor Hobbs has uh, set up a, a commissioner to look into a death penalty, uh, the death penalty situation in Arizona. Surprising to you at all? Uh, no, and and honestly, I think it's the right call. This is a, a really difficult issue. I think everyone's heart goes out to anybody who's who's you know had family members who've been the victim of one of these capital crimes. But the the simple truth it is, I mean, we've had horrible botched executions here in Arizona where people, I mean, talk about cruel punishment, unusual punishment, literally not been able to to, to successfully perform an execution. Um, there's also an incredible amount of cost that goes into it. And for me, the worst thing is just the uncertainty. I mean, if one person were executed who would later be exonerated, would which we know has happened, you have the state in a position of literally committing murder. And, you know, I, I think for all of those reasons, it's this is the right course. And I think it opens up other opportunities. I want violent criminals to, to be in jail for sure. Um, but I think this is a difficult call, but a good one. Chuck, do you get the impression this is a temporary pause or maybe a, a permanent pause, at least while Governor Hobbs is in that office? Well, nothing's permanent, right? Right. <laughs> we have elections every four years. So I, I would think that we will see a cease of this uh, practice for the least the foreseeable future, meaning the next four years. Um, you know, Hobbs's commission will work, do its thing. Uh, the attorney general will do her thing, um, neither of which are supportive of the death penalty. You know, if you get a Republican attorney general elected sometime, you'll probably see the gears of this thing start to move again. You know, I worked for Grant Woods back in 1990 when we, you know, that was an election issue. He said, I'm going to do this if, if, you know, I'm going to restart the engine of this thing. And we did. Um, he actually got it done. Um, and then and it sort of crept, as, as Aaron said, into this uh, very tortured space where the laws and the civil society has created much more higher hurdles to be able to even carry these things out. Um, you know, banning drugs, making the drug cocktail well, right. less difficult, much more difficult to get a hold Finding of. Finding out where the drugs are coming where from, that kind of from. thing. Yeah. And, and so the, the legal morass in order to do this has just created a much higher hurdle today. Yeah. I want to ask about another uh, separate bill in the legislature moving away from from death penalty a little bit. This is a proposal that I think most drivers in the Valley would get behind <laughs> in terms of getting rid of these giant signs that uh, populate street corners throughout the state, especially around the Valley uh, come election season. Aaron, as somebody who has yeah. run elections, like is that is it a Good idea to get rid of them? I, I think it is beyond a good idea, personally. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Uh, you know, signs are a nightmare for candidates because we have, you know, all the evidence you need that they don't change outcomes at all. Just ask Senator Mark Kelly and Governor Hobbs, neither of whom paid for a single sign in their uh, successful statewide campaigns. Uh, but the problem is your supporters are out there going, hey, why don't you have enough signs right. up? Yeah. And they're putting pressure on you. And then perhaps you've heard about our monsoons here in Arizona. <laughs> you know, not it's not just putting the signs up. It's then maintaining them. It's a total nightmare. It's visually one of the least appealing times of the year to live in Arizona when you see all of that visual clutter. I think this is fantastic. And I hope it's 90-0 out of the legislature to, to ban these things. But do you think your former colleagues in the legislature will, will go for this? I, I, I don't 
know why they wouldn't. And uh, I was speaking to someone, and I was like, you just got to vote your heart. Everyone knows in their heart these things are just a pain in the butt. And even if your supporters like them, they don't actually move the needle on anything. And let's, you know, we have one of the most beautiful states in the world. Let's get back to looking at it. Not, I always think of 24th Street in Lincoln, where for decades now, it's just been sign central. <laughs> you can be looking out at beautiful it's Fiesta a bag, yeah. you know, Exactly. Road, you yeah. could be looking out at these beautiful mountains, and instead you're seeing these horrible signs, one after another after another. Let's put it behind us and get back to what really matters. So as a practitioner, I got to be opposed okay. because they're free advertising. Mean, it is it is the most affordable way to get name ID. And that for low, you know, forget the statewide candidates. I can I can exempt high profile Carrie Lake, Mark Kelly. You can exempt them. Carrie Lake had a lot of from stuff. she did, but and she lost. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Um, but and and she put Donald Trump on her side, which was really <laughs> that was telling too. And so, but um, it, for low profile races, so let's take Tom Horn and uh, Kathy Hoffman. Uh-huh. Horn did, Hoffman did not. Um, in a low profile race, that's going to make a difference. Um, and so, you know, these are the types of things as a practitioner you have to look at. And give advice to people and say, if you want to, if you're running a low profile race, which most legislative races are, or city council races, or uh, these other Cap types of board, race, things like that. Oh my gosh, CAP board's yeah. unbelievable trying to get, or a school district board, yeah. or something like that. It is the best way. Now, here's if you really want, if you really want to pursue this, I would say you'd have a challenge to do the, uh, as Paul Benson in my office says. Do the ugliest campaign signs <laughs> imaginable, and then you'll fulfill that promise eventually. <laughs> but I got to be on the other side of this, just from a campaign practitioner standpoint. See, that's 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 big politics talking right there. It's, it's, it's the people. It's the people who install the signs I, that love I'm, the signs. I'm, it's a, it's an absolute pain in the rear end. I'm guessing both of you have spent time sweating out, oh, like hammering oh, the yeah. stakes yeah, into the ground. Yeah, yeah, fence post yeah. pounders, yeah. you know. The, and and you do this, and but it is true. It's the it's the most affordable way to establish name ID. Just 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 think for a second about that process, if that could possibly be a true statement, right? You're 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 whipping by at fifty miles an hour on that that Lincoln turn. It's unquestionable. You, you see a small you sign said, that you, says something. You just said. Then you're that at your all kitchen your supporters table. come to you and say, "Why don't you have all your the signs people up? who are definitely going to vote for you follow the <laughs> they signs? Abs- the most opinionated and it creates enthusiasm the within the community. Everyone else is just trying to tune them out. Let's I've get back to looking at this beautiful brother. state. We're going to get the five man electrical. <laughs> band to have to uh, sort right. this out. Their, their song signs. <laughs> there we go. Um, guys, we have just a couple minutes left. I want to ask each of you about some uh, interesting elections coming up this weekend for the leadership of the state parties. And uh, neither current uh, chair, either Raquel Turan on the Democratic side or Kelly Ward on the Republican side, are running for re-election. So opportunities for, for new starts. Chuck, we talked a little earlier about Maybe is the state Republican Party moving on from Donald Trump? This election seems like it would be a pretty big indication of if that's happening or not, right? It has an opportunity to, um, to some degree, right? I mean, that you have two candidates that are further to the right than our former state treasurer, Jeff DeWitt, who is running. Um, but DeWitt also has the Hobbs endorsement and other endorsements. So you got to ask, you know, has he created a Kevin McCarthy hostage situation for himself? What you would say about um, the former state treasurer is he's won campaigns. 
He's won statewide campaigns. He knows what it takes to win campaigns. I'm sure he is acutely aware of what the problem is with inside the GOP right now. And so having a voice of reason, not a Kelly Ward voice saying, you know, self-promotion all the time and hauling this thing further and further to the right, you know, having some rational voices in the room. So, I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm watching it to see if that can happen. And then most importantly, what he could do and how he conducts himself and how he's able to conduct himself. I mean, ultimately, you have to follow the PCs and you have to follow the more, you know, grassroots organization, which tends, as we have seen, to be heavy, heavy Trump supporters. Right. I, I just want to say how disappointed I am that Kelly Ward isn't running for reelection. I hope Republicans will write her in. She's been the best thing that ever happened to Democrats in Arizona. But I, I mean, the, 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 the Are you going to do signs for the, her? I, it wouldn't help. The, the, the PCs, the people who have been taking these party sh- leadership roles, I mean, everyone's like, yeah, the Re- Republicans in Arizona are past Trump. Carrie Lake beat Karen Taylor Ropes and spent $20 million. And Carrie spent a small fraction of that. And she beat her, you know, somewhat close race, but but by a decent amount. That was August. You know, it's not that much time has passed. It's not clear to me at all that those people uh, do not want that Trump red meat that they've been uh, looking for again and again, no matter how many elections they've lost. And it'll be interesting if they continue to, to kind of pull. Well, the, to the national right. GOP has its convention in, right. in California right. this weekend. And there is a contest going on yeah. there. There's uh, DeSantis has endorsed somebody else uh, against Rona McDaniel, the current GOP mm-hmm. chair. You know, Rona's seen as sort of, you know, not as a giant Trump figure, but as somebody who's been trying to, you know, pull the party away. But she's going to be burdened by the losses of this last cycle. Right. So, Aaron, let's talk about the Democratic side, because for the first time, I think, in a little while, this yeah. race is is really interesting and probably really important to the state party. You have Raquel Tehran, as, as I mentioned, is is not running for re-election. So her second in command, who pretty much every elected Democrat has endorsed, against Steve Gallardo, who Governor Hobbs has endorsed. Yeah, it's like a it's like a, a proxy war going on yeah. all of a sudden, and, and two great candidates. You know, what I mean, it'll be really interesting to see. A little bit unfortunate to have this kind of division at the top. I think it'll long be forgotten after the election and we kind of get moving on, on you know, whatever's going to happen here. Uh, but it'll be fascinating to see what the, you know, what, what the actual differences emerge among the candidates, not just who's backing them. Does this, depending on who wins, does that speak in any way to the relative juice of Katie Hobbs or anyone else in the Democratic Party? It, it, look, on some level, it has to. You know, I, I think of Gallardo, if he wins, it's going to be pretty clear this is Governor Hobbs' show, right? I mean, she's the one person who was out there saying that's that's her her guy. Um, and if he, you know, loses, it's not not a, not a great thing, you know. And she's still got that veto pen, which is the most <laughs> powerful tool in all of politics. I love the picture of her holding it up in the in the paper this week. And you know, you don't need anything else if you've got that pen. You're going to have a lot of influence on our state for sure. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see as you get down to those state committee members and other folks, if they're taking their cues from her, if they're listening to Senator Kelly and, and you know, Congressman Stanton and others. And pretty much every other, <laughs> yeah, pretty much every other elected Democrat, right? Yeah, that's right. All right. We'll have to leave it there. That is Aaron Lieberman, former state lawmaker, gubernatorial candidate, Chuck Coughlin of High Ground. Guys, thanks for coming in. It's been a pleasure. Thanks I a loved lot. it. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Friday Newscap from KJZZ's The Show. It's an original podcast recapping the week's biggest stories with experts, commentators, and reporters. You can get the full show podcast at podcast.kjzz.org. I'm Mark Brody. Thanks for listening.